think we're all uh, all dropped the kids off. Those who those who have kids. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 Thanks, Andrew and James. Everybody else, other than Andrew and James. Everybody else, good. Yes. 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 Fantastic. Great. Great to have us to meet again this morning. Um, just want to check. Is there anybody who's the same as somebody else? No, no, we're all different, aren't we? I can know Sam's sure a twin, so he's, <laughs> so he's got something similar, but not the same. But I, we're all very different here, aren't we? We're all different? Yes? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like me and Kath, we're also very different. Like one of the biggest things that shows our differences is a trip to Ikea. <laughs> I'm sure it shows everybody a difference. I'm starting to think that with, I, with Ikea, they probably could have like marriage counselors just at the end of Ikea, just to help those who have gone through a stressful time. But like, one, of, one of the things that is most different about us is on the way home. We, we both have very different plans for when we get home. So I very much have a plan of like, oh, let's just sit down, have a rest. Ikea's stressful, let's chill out for a minute. And I have to, say this a couple of times in the car journey home just to just to make sure that that's the plan like we're just going to take a rest have a coffee sit down and then when we get home once we've unloaded everything into the kitchen i put the kettle on come back to the room where she is and it's all unpacked the base foot is formed like jonah's probably is there helping put two things together and it's just started and it's like oh no that wasn't my plan and that's that's we're very much different and we're all different people, aren't we? And, and we're going to read for a story of two people who also are very different. So we're going to read the story of Mary and Martha. So these are two sisters, and they've, they've got Jesus around for dinner. That's a nice thing, isn't it? Having Jesus around for dinner. So it's in Luke 10, and it's verse 38 to 42, so it's not a long passage. I would have said that the, um, the bad boys would be on the screen behind us, but the projector's not working, so uh, they're not going to be there today. But you want to get there in your, in your Bibles, on your electronic devices, um, wherever, wherever you get the Word of God from. So, I'll start at 38. So, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So it's not a long passage, but you can see two very different personalities here. And I, and I can imagine myself in this situation. I'm a, I'm a brother of two sisters, so I feel like I've seen this happen before. Uh, and I can, I can see Martha in the kitchen, you know, just stomping around, trying to make a bigger noise for everybody, slamming all the covers, being like, trying to get a bit more attention, even maybe aggressively peeling the potatoes. I don't really know how you would aggressively peel the potatoes to make it loud enough, but 
I can imagine the, the, the annoyance, and it's like a slow-growing thing of Martha, just as she's just constantly getting the work done, until, until she just like stops, takes a pause, gives that angry stare, you know, you know, like, the, like I don't know if that's angry enough. I, yeah, Leslie's got a good, good stare. Anybody else got a good stare to, to give me that they imagine Martha would be doing? Graham's got a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can imagine the stare that she gives from the kitchen as she sees Mary just sitting there. Just sitting there. Maybe cross-legged, just asking and talking to Jesus, just staring at Jesus, maybe. I think you can sort of get the sense of like, like okay, and I'm going to boil over and just snap at her. And if I, like, and if I'll, I can imagine being in this situation and just, just putting myself there. I always says the, the third party, like a fly on the wall, and you can just see uh, Mary just calmly, sweetly asking anything that she wants. Like, maybe she's asking about, like, something about nature. Like, I feel like if I was asking something, I'd be asking about maybe, like, caterpillars. Because, you know, caterpillars are weird, aren't they? Like, but... Beyond that, like, and then just the storming in, the, the tension being mounted and just, like, saying, and just her snapping, being like, to get her to do something. Come on, Jesus. Mary's just sat there. I'm doing all the work. And, like, Jesus, he doesn't, doesn't send Mary to do the work in the story. He actually says to, Mary, to Martha, says, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And that's the thing, there's one thing really. There's one person we need. And Mary chose what was better, just stopping to sit at Jesus' feet. Like, because at Jesus' feet, that's where we can release all the stresses, all the anxieties of the, of the world, and it's where Jesus does work on our hearts, where he, he comes and heals our heart. He, and, and, Mar, and Jesus points out to Martha that it's not that she's doing stuff, that's not the issue. It's the fact that she was worried and upset about many things. It's that the doing was stirring up emotions in her, it was stirring up anxiety, it was stirring up her heart to, be, to disconnect herself. And I think we can all we can all have days like Martha, can't we? Yeah, I, I feel like I've had days like Martha where like I, I can just easily get a bit annoyed at somebody for just doing something that is good or and just allow my feelings and emotions to get a hold 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 me. But we need to keep coming back to Jesus. Keep coming, keep keep being like keep looking to say, I want to be in a place where Mary is sitting at at the feet of Jesus, and learning and gleaning and allowing him to heal our hearts. And we can do things to hide our hearts, can't we? Like the, lots of, we can do lots of amazing and great things just to, to cover up like, anything that's going on in our hearts, all the anxiety, all the stresses, like serving, like um, feeding the hungry, like doing amazing, amazing things, doing the dishwasher. We can do lots to hide our hearts from Jesus. 
But Jesus has already seen it. He already knows our heart. And I'm not talking about Sundays. I'm not talking about, like, we can hide our hearts on a Sunday. I'm talking about our whole lives here. Like, we can hide... Uh, we can hide behind our work, our family, our friends, our housework, garden work, if you enjoy that sort of thing, shopping, eating, cooking, traveling, running, exercise, schools, kids, you can name it, you can hide behind it. And we need to come to Jesus with a heart position, with a heart open, to allow him to, to take on the anxieties and stresses of the world. And in this moment, Martha's heart and mind was on, was on other things, was on the, the preparations rather than the person that mattered. And, it, and, it, and for her, it meant that she got annoyed at Jesus and she got annoyed at Mary. Like when we get so concentrated on things rather than each other, rather than people, rather than Jesus, we can, our hearts can be distracted and we can lose connection because it's so important. Like how different would it have been if Mary if Martha hadn't come in and snapped at met Jesus and Mary like that and just asked for help, like, or even just said, slimmed down what she was doing and just came and said, okay, there's more important things that matter here. It would be a completely different story, wouldn't it? But this, that's not the story because it, it's all about where her heart was at that moment. So let's, let's make sure that when we come to Jesus, we come with open hearts like Mary did. We come ready and waiting. We come wanting to sit at his feet. Because few things are needed in life, or indeed only one. And that's the, the thing that Martha, I believe, took from these things. That few things are needed. And we need to allow our hearts to be vulnerable before Jesus. To allow him to teach us, to care for us, to allow the wellspring of life to flow out of our hearts. Because Jesus is the one who can protect our hearts. He's the one who will look after us. He, know, he has our best intentions. But we need to bring him our hearts. As David writes in Psalm 51, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. But like, the great thing about the story, because this isn't the last we read of Martha, and like, in this story, Martha doesn't come off too well, like, really. But like, she does something afterwards which I think is really important. And I... I imagine if I was Martha, I'd be a bit annoyed that, that the one, well, one of the times where I was a bit annoyed got written down for like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people to, to read over and over again. Like, I, I imagine it's probably quite frustrating if, you, if she sat there in heaven looking down and being like, oh, why take that one moment? I did other good things too. But yeah. But like, so another story with Martha in it is in John 11. 20 to 27, so you, if you can turn there if you want. Because um, this is the story. So this is where she's got a brother now. We learn that she's got a brother, Lazarus. So, as I said, as a brother of two sisters, I feel like I can really relate to Lazarus a little bit here. Um, and 
And in this story, um, Lazarus has, uh, has died and he's been in a tomb uh, for four days now. And when, when, I, when I initially read the story, as I said, as a, as a brother of two sisters, it, it, things feel a bit different. Because I, I read about Lazarus. And he had, he's had four days, four days in a tomb, and just the peace and quiet that he would have had from his two sisters for those four days. I know, I know he's, he's died and everything, I know that he's, which isn't ideal in any sort of situation, but there's just something to me, I know this isn't really a great biblical ex exercise really, but I can, I, I, that's what I sometimes feel. But I know it's wrong, so please forgive me. Please uh, don't. Well, it's recorded, so other people will find out about this. But yeah, but the, just the the sibling tensions and everything that Lazarus got away from. I I need to get off this point now. <laughs> okay. So back to the story. He's been dead for four days, and Jesus has taken taken his time to get to them. And all the other leaders, all the Jewish leaders, have come to gather around Mary and Martha to mourn with them. And in John 11, starting at 20, it says, when Martha, heard, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would, have died, would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is, the, who is to come to the, into the world. And so in this moment, she arrives at Jesus, and she's not thinking about the other people around her. She's not thinking about the Jewish leaders, the, uh, the, the important people who come to mourn with her. She's actually thinking few things are needed, or indeed only one. And she goes to the one person that matters in that situation, because she needs Jesus. And I, I feel like this is such an amazing change in Martha. Like, you can see her just in the situation where she's mourning with her sister, but she, she hears Jesus' name. He, she hears that he's on his way, and she's like, I'm going to go to him, because few things are needed. And it's actually only one person I need right now. And she comes to, she comes to Jesus, and she doesn't come with complaining or anything. She comes, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. God will give you whatever you ask. She comes to Jesus, and I believe having spent more time with Jesus, building that relationship, building that connection with Jesus, she comes with faith and anticipation for the miracle. Because she, she said, I know that what even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And like, if, if we're really honest, after the last incident, she could, she could have very easily just been like, forget Jesus, if, she's not going to, if he's not going to side with me over Mary, why would I go over there? But she didn't do that. Even when she was rebuked, uh, rebuked, she came, still came to Jesus, because she knows that Jesus 
is the one who's got the best in mind. And she learns from, from that moment. She learns and grows from it. And I believe that Martha would have seen something in Mary that she wanted. She would have seen the, the dedication, the love, and just that, that passion for, for Jesus. And she, she wanted to express that in her own way. And this is Martha. It's amazing how Martha is expressing her commitment to Jesus in her own way. She's not copying what Mary does. She's not just saying, Mary did this, so did A, I'm going to do A. She goes with her heart of, I'm going to come to Jesus, and she does things in a very Martha way. And then she trusts in, she trusts in him. She trusts that Jesus will raise Lazarus again. And, and Jesus does, even after four days in the tomb, or four days of peace and quiet, but even after four days in the tomb, Martha, well, Lazarus rose from the dead, and she saw the miracle. And as it says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 8, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. She trusted God. She trusted the process. She trusted in leaving her heart in, at Jesus' feet, becoming coming before her, going from a place of, of negativity, of anger, of frustration, and moving to a place of adoration and trust and faith in Jesus. And it's amazing to see that. And there's one more mention of Martha. And this one is the smallest mention of all, but I find it really interesting, the, the story that she's mentioned in. And it's in John 12, the, there's 1 to 8. And we can take a look at this passage. It's only like a, a flick from the last page. Um, and we can... So this story goes six days before the Passover. Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his hair, feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas, Isaac, Judas the bad one, sorry I can say his surname there, uh, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was, a, it was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what, he, to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she, would, she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And it really is a small mention of Martha. Like, Martha was serving. So again, Martha was doing what she does, but she's not doing it anxiously. She's not stressed about it. She's doing our love and out of a living, out of a relationship, knowing that Jesus is the main thing, that, that Jesus is there. And, but she's still being herself in all of this. And Mary again, like Mary's great, like, like just going, triggering people everywhere, isn't she Mary? Like triggers Martha in the first story. Here she's triggering Judas with her, her worship and adoration of Jesus. And, 
I can only assume from the story that Martha knows better than to make any comments. And I, I do reckon that Martha's probably looking out at what's going on and thinking, it's a what a beautiful uh, act of worship. As Mary pours her perfume, pours the alabaster jar uh, over Jesus. But it's Judas who, who gets annoyed this time. He's, uh, he's asking, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's, it was worth a year's wages. And we all know from, from the story of Judas that his, his heart was disconnected from Jesus. He didn't have the, that same reaction that Martha had. And I, I don't know if anybody else thinks this, but I, I think that Martha's in the kitchen and she, she's seeing Judas do this. And she's just thinking, few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Like, she's looking at it, fully knowing her sister's heart, fully knowing Jesus, fully trusting in him, that few things are needed, indeed only one, that Jesus is all that we need. But like Judas, being Judas, I think he was probably treating it a bit like a chess match with his wording, trying to work out how to trick Jesus into, into saying or doing something wrong. But Jesus again just stands up for Mary, like, leave her alone, Jesus replies. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And we know, we know from, from the whole of scripture that God cares about the poor. He cares about the marginalized. He cares about everyone. He cares about the widow of the sick. He cares for everyone. But Judas here, trying to use Jesus' mission to, to trick him into something else, but it just reveals Judas' broken and disconnected heart. And the fact that we can really use anything to hide us to our hearts from Jesus. We can use some great and amazing good things to hide our hearts from Jesus. And it's important that we always come to Jesus. And again, just want to re-emphasize, I'm not talking about Sundays. I'm not talking about, like, come on a Sunday ready to pour out your alabaster jar. I'm talking about in your quiet and personal time for Jesus, in your everyday lives, as you come to Jesus in those moments that you allow the vulnerability and openness of your heart to him. But like, in this story, I find it very interesting the fact that it's Judas here. The, he, they have the same options right now. Judas has just been rebuked. He's got the same option to draw closer or to disconnect further. And we can see Judas disconnecting further from his relationship with God, selling, selling Jesus on for some gold coins and sending him to the cross in an act of betrayal. And I think so often when we talk about Mary and Martha, like we always say, be like Mary, which I'm not going to deny, we should always be like Mary. We should always be ready to give our all, to sit at his feet. But I also want to encourage us to be like Martha, who, who does get a bit of a bad rap. Not Martha right at the start of the story, but Martha who gets rebuked by Jesus and doesn't run away, but steps closer to him, saying, I will trust in you even more, Jesus. Who takes on the words that few things are needed in this life, or indeed only one, and takes them to heart and listens to it and grows closer because I, I believe that we can all have those moments like Martha, 
Like we can all, I feel like sometimes you go, like there's moments and seasons where like you're, you're Mary, where you're, you're in complete adoration and awe of Jesus, and other moments where you're a bit like Martha and you're a bit more like just high, just trying to do everything, trying to, you're getting a bit anxious and stressed about everything. We can all have those two seasons and moments, but it's important that in those moments that we always realize that one thing is needed, then that one thing, that one person is Jesus. And I obviously want to encourage us to never be like Judas. Like, that, that sort of goes without saying, really, some days. Like, don't be like the guy who betrayed Jesus. But, like, in this situation, let's not disconnect ourselves. When we get the rebuke from Jesus, when we get the, the, the telling off that we need to come to him even closer, that we don't just run away from him, we don't take the, the flight or when we don't take the fight, that we just say, we just come and sit at his feet and allow Jesus to transform our hearts. Because from the very beginning of scripture to today, God has always cared about our hearts. Can everybody, does everybody know what, so in Matthew 22, the two greatest commandments, can people shout, shout it out to me, what were the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbour. Yes. And it's so the full verse is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And it's Love the Lord your God with all your heart. We start in that place. We start at the first place. We start by loving the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with our every ounce of every being, and coming to Him and giving our all to Him. And it's from that place, it's from that place that the second one comes, to love your neighbour as yourself. It's only from loving God that He reveals to us, to us our true selves, our true identity, who we are. He takes on all, all that we have, and it's only from that place we're able to love our neighbour as ourselves. And it all comes to our heart and how we deal in our hearts, our heart's understanding of what Jesus does for us. And it's even in, in Jeremiah, like the, the, prophet, the prophetic word that comes to Israel, and it says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And it's just that reminder that it's throughout scripture that Jesus wants us to come that God wants us to come with all of our hearts, with all that we are, with our whole selves, to come closer to him so that we're able to love each other, so we're able to love the world around us. And it's only through knowing God that we are able to do it. And it's that same place that it starts. It starts at the feet of Jesus. It starts at knowing the words which will go around Martha's mind forever that few things are needed. Few things are needed in this life. Few things are needed today. 
Hence why like, the projector hasn't changed anything, the projector being gone, because few things are needed, and in fact, only one, only one person is needed, and that is Jesus. So, just going to end in prayer. Um, so yeah. So Jesus, we come before you. We we say, Lord, work on our hearts. Help us to come to you in every moment. Don't make this a. We don't want this to just be a Sunday thing, God. We want our whole lives to be uh, poured out as an offering to you, God. We want our whole lives to come before you, and Lord. We we ask that you will help us, that you will come and rebuke our hearts where we have prioritized other things above you. Where we have got stressed and anxious about the things of the world, Lord, come and help us train our focus to always be on you, to always see that few things matter in this world, and that only one person, one thing is needed, God, and that is you.